I'm Chanel Shaw. And I'm Katie Persia McGrady. And this is Ave Spotlight. This week on Ave Spotlight, we are visiting with Father Trey Angie, a priest of the Diocese of Lake Charles, about the old tradition of a St. Joseph's altar. Welcome to Louisiana, where that's what we do. <laughs> it's actually kind of the perfect intro, Father. Um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from and uh, maybe how you became a priest? Well, <laughs> I'm from Lake Charles, Louisiana, and I grew up there and of of course, have a huge Catholic family, Catholic Sicilian family, <laughs> and uh, so we're we're of course got lots of cousins, lots of family members, all from Lake Charles. And eventually, I, I went to Catholic school at St. Louis Catholic, and then went to McNeese State University, and then moved to Texas to go to Austin. And uh, I was there in Austin and realized that God was calling me back home. And so I went back home to Louisiana, entered seminary, went to St. Joseph Seminary in uh, Covington, uh, St. Ben's, and then went to New Orleans for my theology, uh, and which is which is where we met Chanel at some point. Wow, we yeah, paths. Like at some point, but I just remember you. I did not grow up around in my part of Orlando, Florida. We had no seminarians, unfortunately, growing up. And so when I saw you, I was like, you are so cool. So <laughs> yes, what a way to meet. You really made an impression. So, <laughs> Well, I'm glad that it was a good impression. Yes, the seminarians sure. and the, the most of the priests uh, that are from South Louisiana, really, they can appreciate the traditions of the body Gras dancing, um, all of the the great food and everything else. So they know how to they know how to party. I love that. I love that. It's it's as somebody who's from here. So to any listeners, Father Trey and I know each other. He was at my wedding. Like we are longtime friends. The picture of you is on my wall, baptizing Rose. Aww. Like like you're part of the family. <laughs> um, but the thing I've always known about the Angie family, like you said, this big Sicilian family that's kind of a. Um, an anchor of the community down here is how Catholic you guys are. Like, I don't think I can go to a mass in the diocese of Lake Charles without somebody that you're related to being <laughs> in the pews. Like I saw one of your cousins this morning at 7 a.m. Um, and, and it happens to be a good friend of mine too, but it's just like, up oh, there's an Angie, like you can spot them. <laughs> what do you think it is that has, has made your family so, I don't know, staunchly Catholic's not the right word, but just very pious, faithful people. Like your Catholic faith is part of who y'all are. Um, where did that come from? Well, I, I think people have been asking us that for years and we have no idea. We're like, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess we're just uh, praying Catholics <laughs> that, you know, want to populate the earth. Of course, all my siblings, I'm the oldest of eight. So I've got like uh, seven siblings and, of course, cousins that are populating the earth with Catholics <laughs> and making little soldiers for Christ. And people ask us, and we're just like, we, we really don't really know how we don't consider ourselves much different mm -hmm. from other Catholic families, except whenever whenever Katie actually asked me to to step into this uh, role of, of, of coming in today, I realized, I was like, wait a minute, actually, mm -hmm. that is one thing that our family does a little bit differently than most families. Mm -hmm. And 
that is the St. Joseph's altar. Our family really celebrates St. Joseph a lot. And always, we always have, not mm-hmm. just like a year of St. Joseph thing. Let's, you know, let's pray to him or let's, let's have an altar. No, we've done this since I can ever remember. Our family has always had some sort of a devotion to St. Joseph. And so this is a, it's, it's a big deal for our family. St. Joseph is our dude. He's our guy. <laughs> he is our saint. We'll, we're praying to him all the time. When there's been rough times in our family, we've always prayed to St. Joseph, mm-hmm. the head of the wow. Holy Family for our family. So, and we've never really put that together. We've never really thought about that. But whenever, you, whenever we think about it, there is one thing that is different from our family that I don't know of many Catholic families that mm-hmm. do have such a devotion to St. Joseph, especially putting on a St. Joseph altar. Hmm. Wow. That's awesome. I had never seen a St. Joseph altar until I moved to New Orleans. Um, And I went to St. Patrick's downtown and they had um, their St. Joseph altar after mass. And it was just a whole room of, of pie and cookies and cakes and lemons. And it was just so amazing. And so that's super cool. When, as you were growing up, um, like in your family, so you were saying that you guys never felt like you were doing anything different from any other Catholic family. Um, that's awesome. So was there something besides the St. Joseph altar that you, um, did as a family that helped in your formation to become the priest that you are today? I do believe it was a lot of prayer, but especially from the matriarchs and patriarchs mm. from the family who were a very um, inspirational um, uh, member of the family. Each of my mm. grand- grandparents and great-grandparents, uh, I remember my great-grandmother, Mama Joe Calora, would always tell me, you know, I'm praying for you, I'm lighting a candle for you, and I'm praying that you'll, you know, find your vocation I think you're going to be a priest. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't think so, mama. And uh, she said, well, I'm praying to St. Jude for you. Mm. And I'm like, oh, St. Jude. Saint of hopeless causes. Thanks, mama. I appreciate that so much. And uh, so she would light light her candles. And so having grandparents that are such great intercessors and and prayers, they they would pray (laughs) quite often for their children, for their grandchildren and their great grandchildren. So being able to have that and, and foster that, that prayer in the family, mm-hmm. I think is crucial. Mm-hmm. I actually have a, um, uh, your, your Papa Sam and your Mama Mia story. So I was really good friends with your cousin, Mary Beth. Uh, and we, I don't know how, but I, she invited me to come to their house one day to pray a rosary. And when I got like, that's like, that's what you do in Southwest Louisiana with the Angie family. <laughs> you go to their grandparents' house for spaghetti and you pray a rosary. And we were praying the rosary for Barbara's vocation. It was like the strangest thing. Like this one cousin, they decided we're all going to get together and pray a rosary for her vocation. And I found myself in the house <laughs> with them praying a rosary. So you're absolutely right. There is a, an element of your whole family has very much been an anchor to, you know, like we're going to pray for one another's vocations and we're going to like advocate for this. You mentioned the St. Joseph's table as something that is consistently done by your family. Can you tell us a little bit about what a St. Joseph's altar or the table is? I mean, there's a lot of food you get a lima bean, I think, like there's a bean involved. Mm. Um, I don't have a lick of Italian or Sicilian in me, but I've gone to one my whole life because they're popular down here. But tell us a little bit about them. 
Well, the reason why they're popular in, in South Louisiana and the reason why you probably experienced them, Chanel, whenever you were there is because the Sicilians that moved to South Louisiana in the 1800s knew about this great tradition to St. Joseph of building the St. Joseph altar, especially on March 19th, which is the solemnity of St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. They would build this altar because of a longstanding tradition for many, many years that went all the way back to whenever the Sicilians were going through a drought. And it was this huge famine that was going through the whole country and their crops were dying. Like they were not gonna have anything to eat. Their, their livelihood was gone. All these farmers and the, all of the, the, the ones who were planting all this food were losing it all and they were gonna starve. And so they asked St. Joseph for his intercession. They prayed to him and they basically begged him to intercede and to save the crops, to save their, their, their livelihood, save their food. And they promised St. Joseph that if he came through and <laughs> saved them from starvation, that they would, they would make a feast, that mm -hmm. they would have this okay. huge feast uh, to celebrate. And well, you know what happened. Yeah. St. Joseph <laughs> totally pulled through, <laughs> poured down raining. The crops were all spared. Everything came back. They had all this food, and they're just like, well, we're going to use all this food for this piece. <laughs> to make more food. The Italian said, challenge accepted. Yeah. Awesome. It's almost that like Mardi Gras 2.0. Like, we feast up to Lent, <laughs> and then, like, it's right at the halfway point usually, and it's like, okay, we all need a break. Here we go. Like, let's have a big party <laughs> for St. Joseph. For the Irish, it's two days before for Patrick. So it's really, I mean, you can party hard in Louisiana yeah. pretty much from January 6th on. Like, you've got some markers of feast days. What are some of the things that are traditionally on a St. Joseph's altar? Right. So the St. Joseph altar is set up in like three different levels representing the Trinity, the three mm. persons of the Trinity. And it's also in the shape of a cross in the shape of, of our Lord's cross. And so on each level are all kinds of different foods. Uh, you've, you basically really don't have much meat there or really the tradition is no meat mm -hmm. because it's during Lent. But of course, now it's a solemnity during Lent. So we eat anything and everything on St. Joseph's Day. Now that it's a, it's a solemnity and everyone celebrates uh, St. Joseph's Day. But traditionally, since it's during Lent, you'll basically have, you'll have fish and bread to represent the loaves and fishes, mm -hmm. uh, multiplication of the loaves and fishes. Jesus, you're going to have specially prepared cakes and cookies um, you've got breads that are there that are baked that are in the shape of a cross or in the shape of a tool that St. Joseph would mm -hmm. use in his workshop. And you would also have things like all kinds of religious items, candles, flowers. And you mentioned this, a fava bean. I don't know if you can it's see it. It's the fava bean. That's what it is. <laughs> I still bean. have some from my Aunt Mimi. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the reason why they have a fava bean on, like, to decorate the tables is because the fava bean was the only bean that would survive the famine mm. at mm. the time. It was one of the only things that lasted. It was what they were eating during this time of drought and famine. So this is one of the only things that that served that really survived. And this is what that got them through that famine in mm -hmm. Sicily before St. Joseph really came through and made everything, you know, his prayers brought back the rains, brought back all the crops. This was all they had was mm -hmm. a fava bean that, that 
that really survived. And so they decorate the fava beans, and now people will take home a fava bean and sort of keep it keep it as a devotion to St. Joseph and to mm-hmm. remind them to pray to St. Joseph for any hard times that they are going through or any, anything to remind them to, to pray to this, to this saint. So this fava bean is something that's a big deal to a yeah. lot of Italians and Sicilians. Wow. <laughs> My Aunt Mammy would slip them in our pockets and tell us to put them in our backpack. I said I had no Italian. She <laughs> married an Italian. So it was like by by virtue, we would get this St. Joseph's Day. I mean, Dallavicio, right? So it's like the Italian-Sicilian came in. Father, people That's that right. might be listening to this might think like, okay, well, I can't do a three-tiered Trinity-shaped cross-shaped like what would be one way maybe that you would encourage folks who hear this to incorporate a devotion to saint joseph into their family to try to do something on the feast day of saint joseph well i don't think it has to be anything that's extravagant as you know because that's a lot of hard work Mm -hmm. what, what i just described so many families like a lot of families come together and get all of this together for march the 19th but if it's just you and your family or just a small just a small group or if it's just you, just one person, there's no reason why you can't have a St. Joseph's table mm-hmm. and make it your St. Joseph's altar mm-hmm. and have things that are symbolic on there that will remind you of St. Joseph, that will remind you to pray to St. Joseph about Jesus's life, uh, different cookies, breads, whatever. If you've ever been to a St. Joseph's altar that can inspire you, it doesn't have to be that big, but if you're going to have some sort of a table with, you know, with a cloth on it, maybe a crucifix, some religious items, some prayers to St. Joseph, um, the, um, you know, different, all kinds of different foods that you can place on there. It doesn't have to be anything uh, specific, uh, but whatever, whatever your feast is on the feast day, the solemnity of St. Joseph, make your feast and, mm-hmm. Even if you can't do that, know that any 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 sort of a symbol, any kind of a prayer, the litany to Saint Joseph, the um, uh, the prayer of the family to Saint Joseph and the Holy Family, any sort of prayer. I know that some people have little statues of Saint Joseph that we're not really supposed to plant in the yard. Don't plant <laughs> those things in the yard. That's really just superstition. I mean, this thing can become superstition too if you keep it like a like a lucky rabbit's foot right, in your pocket. Right. <laughs> so we don't want to go towards superstition. But if you have a statue of Saint Joseph or a fava bean or something like that, that'll help you to to remind you to pray to Saint Joseph. Also, just keep in mind that it, it, a lot of families don't have the, the that kind of tradition and mm-hmm. uh, or the knowledge of Saint of Saint Joseph and the Saint Joseph altar. The whole purpose of the altar to begin with was to help and serve and feed the poor. That was the whole point. And so the, all the poor in the town of Sicily would, would come to the St. Joseph altar to be fed on this feast. And these families who could put things together, who were having all these extra crops, would put it together to feed the poor. And that mm. was the whole point. Prayer to St. Joseph, feeding the poor, and offering as some form of, of almsgiving too. So people would bring things, bring uh, alms to the to the to a basket that was placed on the altar in order mm-hmm. to help the poor, and that always goes when our family does it, which is typically it's done on March nineteenth, but it can be done the weekend before. Uh, I know that the Peronias in 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 Lake Charles also do it on the Sunday before. Our family mm-hmm. does it the Saturday before. There's always some sort of a basket or something for people to give donations, and that always goes to the poor. Mm-hmm. So. 
it's not just not just a big feast for our saint. It is also a way to serve and feed the poor. So mm. it's collect it's collected it's it's collecting all kinds of food to feed them, but also alms as well. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. That is so awesome. I man, I'm like, I need to marry an Italian dude. That sounds <laughs> <laughs> We need to That's... come back to New Orleans. I was say, come to New Orleans, like, hey, there's an I Angie got... floating around, I'm sure. Right somewhere. <laughs> I got a... an Angie floating around. Yeah, I got a lemon or something with um do, do you know what that's about? It was like a lemon on our side. Yes. Okay. Yep. I got a lemon or something when I was in New Orleans. So can you actually remind me what that's about? Maybe that's I... another tra- that's another tradition that's big time in, in New Orleans. And these traditions just kind of develop it it can also be like a you know like a superstition in some ways you just have to be careful (laughs) if there's a lemon that's on the saint joseph table they tell all the the single ladies all the single ladies go get you a lemon (laughs) because if you take the lemon and Mm. and you like put it in your in your room or something or under your pillow or under your bed or something like that you're gonna find a man you got it so Okay, well, I just came back from the grocery store, but I'm gonna leave and go buy some lemons. Great, <laughs> you need put them all over the house. Joseph, yeah, I'll put them all over the house. People just walk in; there'll be pictures of Saint Joseph and lemons everywhere. So <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Great, I'm now, ready. The, the power we have to remember: the power is not in that lemon. It's not <laughs> the power lemon. is all in the lemon, Padre. That is all I took <laughs> no, from this conversation. No, no, that's sour power. That's that's nasty. <laughs> So the lemon is just to represent and remind you to pray to St. Joseph, the head of the Holy Family, that if you want a holy family and a holy man like St. Joseph, take that lemon to remind you when you see it under your under your pillow, under your bed or whatever, and take it whenever you go to bed to pray for the, your future spouse. I love that. I love that. I will I will tell all my single roommates, they will all love that. And we're going to make lemons out of lemon, or lemonade out of lemons. So sweet. Go. You got to go to a St. Joseph so. table. You got to find that lemon on the St. Joseph table. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Got because it. Okay. Blessed. There's five yeah. roommates, so we can oh. scour all of Philadelphia. We can find lemons everywhere. Find, so. find a St. Joseph table. There's probably going to be one oh, in yeah. Philadelphia somewhere, but there's a yeah, special okay. blessing that goes to the St. Joseph altar too. And so that's why it's blessed and ask for St. Joseph's intercession. So all the food that's on the St. Joseph altar is blessed with the intercession with the intercession of, of St. Joseph as well. My goodness. So to, to, to pray to St. Joseph with, you know, with all those foods, including the lemon. That's Got the, it. the power is behind St. Joseph. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Father, for sharing. That is like, I'm so excited to go find some altars this year. Um, so every episode we do a hope for the week. So just something that you're looking forward to, um, something that you're hoping for. And so I can go first if you need some time to think about it. Otherwise, do you think that you're ready or do you need a couple seconds? You can go first. Lady <laughs> okay. So, um, so my hope for this week is that I can, um, we're having like a little birthday gathering with my roommate um, for one of my roommates. She's turning 30 years old, which is so insane. She's a hundred. And so she's turning 30 years old. We bought tons of snacks. And um, my hope is that I just, you know, don't indulge too much and that I learn self-control because we bought lots of cupcakes. So very practical hope. So how about you, Padre? 
I think my hope for this week and uh, going into this, I, I just came to a new assignment in Kinder, Louisiana. And so my hope for this week is to increase a, dev, uh, a devotion to the saint of St. Philip Neri, which is the parish that oh, I'm in, wow. but also to include an increase in the devotion to St. Joseph, especially in this, his year, the year mm. of St. Joseph that Pope Francis uh, announced and so that there is a growing, uh, my hope is that there is a growing increase in a devotion to St. Joseph and especially for families that they may become that. holy families like the holy family through the intercession of St. Joseph, the head of the holy family. Mm-hmm. That's a good that. one. Um, we have our little sleeping St. Joseph statue up on the mantle because that's my favorite version of St. Joseph. He had to have been exhausted. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> the only non-perfect person in the family, right? Like, that's got to get exhausted. So I, I love looking at him taking a nap and I don't feel quite as bad when I'm tired. Mm. Like, well, he was tired too. Um, I think my hope for the week is, so Rose goes to the school that Father Trey went to, St. Margaret's here in Lake Charles. Um, and they're moving into their temporary buildings so they could start doing repairs on the main school building. So I'm really, really excited for them to kind of have have some plans for the future. Rebuilding is happening. Things are starting to feel normal again. So I'm, I'm excited for them to get in that new space and, and to to see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. That's awesome. Yeah. Father Trey, where can we follow you um, on social media so folks can find you? Well, I'm on Facebook as Pater Trey Angie. So that's pay, pay, uh, P-A-T-E-R. It's father in Latin. Pater, Trey Angie, T-R-E-Y-A-N-G-E. So you can follow me on Facebook. And um, um, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get you an Instagram one of these days. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Father. We appreciate it. Thank you. I am very honored to be able to do it. Thank you for asking me to be a part of this and to spread devotion about St. Joseph. Yes, yeah, so awesome. Privilege to be able to do it. Get out there and learn more about St. Joseph, people. <laughs> it is his year. <laughs> you don't know about him, get to know him. <laughs> love it. I love it. We have some more links down in the show notes to where you can learn more about how to do your own St. Joseph's altar. We hope you click on those and learn about this great tradition. We also hope that you click on over to Ave Maria Press's website and find out more information about all of the great things we're creating for Ave Spotlight, for Ave Explorers. We'd also be grateful if you would follow Ave Maria Press on Instagram. Link is down in the show notes as well, so you can find more of the exclusive content that we are creating just for you. Each and every week during our Ave Explorer series, we are posting uh, different things that can help you grow in your faith day by day. Our Ave Spotlight series is, of course, continuing. Some excellent interviews coming up with guests about their new books, about things going on in the life of the church during Lent, about Catholic news that's relevant to us each and every day. We hope that you subscribe. We'd be grateful if you give this show a rating and a review so that more people can find it. And ultimately, we hope that you have a hope-filled and joyful week. Thanks for listening.